to this month's CSF podcast. As ever, we're going to bring you up to date with the latest information and data in the world of rheumatology. And for those of you who weren't at ACR, I, um, I'm sorry to say I was. It was absolutely marvelous. Congratulations to all our friends in the American College for putting together such an interesting festival of rheumatological science and clinical data. Uh, and I have to say it's a real pleasure always to, to be able to take information from that. And in due course, please come along to the Cytokine Forum because we'll be giving you some reviews of what we all learned while we were there. In today's podcast, I'm going to be reviewing two papers that investigate the incidence of diseases. Now, in our first paper, the GBD 2021 collaborators systematically analyzed the global burden of musculoskeletal disorders and use these data to predict prevalence up to 2050. Yeah, 2050, it's quite a time. And then the second paper, Yvette Meissner and her colleagues used the German rabbit registry to investigate the relationship between MACE risk and JAK inhibitors, TNF inhibitors, and DMARDs, very topical. And as ever, to access detailed summary slides to the papers discussed today, pop along to cytokinesignaling.com. Cytokinesignaling, all one word, double L. Those of you who think about spelling know exactly what I mean. Cytokinesignaling.com. Well, I'll see you there. So let's turn to paper one, Global, Regional and National Burden of Other Musculoskeletal Disorders 1990 to 2020 and Projections to 2050, a systematic analysis of the Global Burden of Disease Study 2021. Um, now, other musculoskeletal disorders are a wide range of disorders of muscles, bones, joints, connective tissues and ligaments that are not included in the core five musculoskeletal diseases defined by GBD originally. Those are RA, osteoarthritis, low back pain, neck pain, and gout. I don't think any of us would argue that accurate and up-to-date estimates of the burden of musculoskeletal disorders are required for healthcare planning, resource allocation, and prevention. And the global effect of these conditions has been shown to be large already in the 2017 GBD study. Now, this study set out to examine data from GBD 2021 to provide an updated analysis of other musculoskeletal disorder burden, fatal and non-fatal estimates by age, sex, location, and year. And the study also forecasts the prevalence of other musculoskeletal disorders up to 2050. Data for the incidence and prevalence of other musculoskeletal disorders in a population representative data sources was pooled from 204 countries and territories using a Bayesian meta-regression tool. Uh, prevalence was forecast to 2050 by logistic regression with sociodemographic index as a predictor, then multiplying by projected population estimates. Key results for you, well, in 2020, other musculoskeletal disorders were the sixth ranked cause of global years lived with disability, 117th ranked cause of years of life lost, 19th ranked cause of disability adjusted life years. In 2020, 42.7 million YLDs were estimated globally for musculoskeletal disorders that were not in the main five. Uh, the region with the highest number uh, was Southeast Asia, East Asia and Oceania at 11.1 million YLDs, uh, that is um, years lived with disability. Uh, 
83,100 people with musculoskeletal disorders died in 2020, which was 119% higher than in 1990. Age standardized death rate per 100,000 people was 1.0, which was a 5.5% increase from 1990. 2.21 million YLLs were recorded globally for 2020. The global age standardized prevalence was 47.4% higher in females than in males. Prevalence was highest in North and South America, India, Pakistan, Japan, South Korea, Thailand, and Australia. Uh, in male and female groups, prevalence in YLDs peaked at ages 65 to 69 years. Over 85% of all insurance claims for other musculoskeletal disorders in the USA were from other joint disorders, biomechanical lesions, other soft tissue disorders, and disorders of the synovium and tendons. SLE and unspecified osteoporosis were the most common ICD-coded causes of death, probably unsurprisingly, given either by cause or association. And most regions are predicted to have an increase in musculoskeletal cases by 2015, uh, 2050, I should say, while Central Europe will have a small decline over the same period. Western Sub-Saharan Africa is predicted to have the greatest increase in prevalence by 2050. Well, there's a lot of information here. What do we conclude in 2020? Other musculoskeletal disorders were the sixth largest cause of disability in terms of life years lived and the 19th largest cause of dies. The prevalence of other musculoskeletal disorders is predicted to increase and the large burden of musculoskeletal disorders suggests a high demand for therapeutic and rehabilitation services. Until individual conditions and risk factors are more explicitly quantified, however, and the lack of specificity of diagnosis is addressed, policy response to this burden of disease remains a huge challenge. I think it remains at the forefront very much of our minds as healthcare providers, for sure. Okay, second paper this time around, risk of major adverse cardiovascular events in patients with rheumatoid arthritis treated with conventional synthetic, biologic, and targeted synthetic disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drugs. These are observational data from the German rabbit register. Now the background here, I think all of us very familiar now with oral surveillance, which showed an increased risk of MACE and RA patients treated with JAK inhibitors and additional risk factors for cardiovascular events um, in comparison to those receiving a TNF inhibitor. Uh, the EMA has issued a warning about administering JAK inhibitors to patients with increased CV risk or chronic inflammatory disorders. An objective of the study was to estimate the effects of JAK inhibitors, TNF inhibitors, other biologics or conventional synthetic DMARs and the risk of MACE in RA patients. Uh, RA patients were selected from the register. Uh, they had a treatment episode between January 2017 and April 2022. Incidence rate IRs per 100 patient years with 95% confidence intervals were calculated for overall patients and those with a, a known cardiovascular risk increasingly important for us to separate those two groups in making clinical decisions. And MACE risk was estimated as HR's hazard ratio is by inverse probability of treatment-weighted adjusted Anderson-Gill models. So results, a greater proportion of RA patients in the increased cardiovascular risk population were male compared with the overall population. Incidence of MACE was highest in those with a history of cardiovascular disease, regardless of treatment group and cardiovascular risk. Only the JAK inhibitor group did not have a significantly higher risk in comparison with patients with no history of CVD. 
Other patient demogra demographics showed no di significant difference in MACE incidence. Uh, there was no significant difference in MACE hazard ratio between treatment groups in the overall or in the cardiovascular risk populations. And hazard ratios did not increase in patients with increased CV risk, nor did increase in patients more than or equal to 65 years of age. The majority of MACE incidents occurred in cardiovascular risk patients with a lower non-significant incidence rate for patients receiving baricitinib and upatacitinib versus tofacitinib. Well, once again, a lot of data here and part of an accumulating global evidence base, MACE did not occur more frequently with JAK inhibitors compared with other DMARDs and RA patients, even in subgroups with higher risk profiles. Individual JAK inhibitors showed different unadjusted uh, incidence rates with the rate for TOFA being higher than baricitinib and upadacitinib. However, huge health warning here. These are, once again, a, a single cohort large database, of course, and really beautifully curated by our colleagues in Germany. But we really need to try and get the totality of the literature before we can draw very firm conclusions. And of course, uh, black box warnings and prescribing uh, require us to make the appropriate decisions. But this is a really important emerging area. And the more information we can garner, the better for sure. Well, that's all for this time. To view the publications uploaded this month and to access our other podcasts and resources, head over to cytokinesignaling.com. It's a treasure trove, I promise you. Summaries, abstracts, beautifully prepared slide pre presentations to help you with your own CME and that of others. It, it really is a, it's a great place. Go there, enjoy. And as always, thank you for your attention. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or indeed anywhere you get your podcast media from. And make sure to let us know what you think by leaving a review. I love the idea of asking you to leave a review. My kids, if they ever listen to this, just fall about laughing. I'm not really a podcast expert, but I know you are. And you use that expertise to come and listen to what we had to say today. I hope it's been useful. I hope it helps your practice. Stay well. Thanks very much.